Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. I'm excited to uh, get talking to my guest, April Snow. But before we get started, I just wanted to say thanks for following and tuning in to the podcast. It it amazes me. Over the last uh, few months, I've had like my most biggest numbers of downloads. So I'm just super appreciative to all of you listeners. You can get the podcast delivered right to your inbox. Sign up for the newsletter and you will get the episodes twice a month delivered to your inbox. Go to womanwarriors.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and there is a form there to sign up for the newsletter. Today, my guest is April Snow, a licensed marriage and family therapist located in California. She specializes in working with highly sensitive introverts, perfectionists, and high achievers. April strongly believes that being a highly sensitive person doesn't have to stop you from living a fully engaged life and is on a mission to help HSPs create a life on their own terms and embrace their sensitive strengths. April and I are going to be exploring how being a highly sensitive person might keep you from really knowing and trusting your voice. And so we are going to find out from April how highly sensitive women can find their voice and advocate for their needs. Let's get started. Hi, April. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Biz. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here again. Me too. Me too. I was, as I told you earlier, uh, before we officially started recording, that your episode from way back and my first year of podcasting is like one of the most popular episodes. Like, I think it's got close to, I don't know, over 500 downloads just itself. So pretty amazing. Maybe more than that. But anyway. It's amazing. It is. I think people, a lot of people haven't heard about what it is to be highly sensitive. And that also, you know, often comes with anxiety. So I imagine yes, there's a, you know, it can be insightful to learn that about yourself. Definitely. And I have never personally identified as a highly sensitive person, but mm-hmm. recently took, there's, I guess, a little test. Oh, the self-test? You, yep. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> it's, it's official. A, it is official. <laughs> I love so, it. so, so you identify yourself and on your website as also being highly sensitive and an introvert. But when did you, you know, make that have that realization? When did that come to you? Yeah, I, it's funny because I don't remember when I realized I was an introvert. It was probably sometime in college, you know, when I was an undergrad, um, I wasn't studying psychology at that time, but I was obsessed with 
psychology and which was just it was looking back was a sign I should have you know I could have been a therapist earlier um but I was I was doing a lot of yoga and I was you know starting meditation and reading a lot about you know self-help books women's studies things like that and slowly realized oh yeah I'm an introvert Mm -hmm. but I knew there was more to it so when I was uh in graduate school to become a therapist I was doing a project on introversion and I was like this isn't quite it it's not explaining like my full personality and I knew that there was more but I didn't know how to find that out Mm -hmm. um and I was having lunch with a friend from school and this moment sticks out to me so crystal clear unlike the you know finding out I was an introvert finding out I was an HSP a highly sensitive person is crystal clear in my mind I remember it so vividly and Mm -hmm. I say it all the time it's like the lights came on and I finally had that missing puzzle piece about myself you know, why I always felt different and I was more impacted by everything and, you know, why I needed so much time alone and I seemed to pick up and absorb more things than the people around me. Mm -hmm. So finally, you know, that friend was like, do you, have you heard of Dr. Elaine Aaron's work? And I was like, no, I never heard of her. And she's like, well, you know, you probably are a highly sensitive person. And I was like, what, what is that? And so (laughs) I just, I started down the rabbit hole and I just, I read every book that, you know, Dr. Aaron has written and Turns out she's done a lot of research and now people all over the world have done a ton of research to prove that this is an innate trait. Like we're born with it and this is how I've been my whole life. And yeah, even though there's some things that are hard about it, there's so many beautiful parts, you know, feeling deeply and thinking deeply and having lots of empathy. There's so much. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. it's been a, yeah, learning that part about myself has been life changing. Yeah. Well, I would imagine that not knowing, but also um, feeling so deeply, you know, getting overwhelmed easily by Mm -hmm. stimulation that it could be kind of confusing. Um, but so maybe if you could, I know we talked about this in the last episode, but maybe if you could just review some of the characteristics of the highly sensitive person, uh, just for, for maybe people who haven't listened to that first episode. Yeah, absolutely. So for anyone who hasn't heard about this trait before, which, you know, it's, it's a relatively newly studied trait, you know, only the past 20 to 30 years in any significance. So most people haven't heard about it, but 20% of the population, you know, it turns out is wired as highly sensitive mm-hmm. and that comes with a few core characteristics. So depth of processing, which just means, you know, you think, you process deeply before you make decisions or before you act. You might notice that you need more time to make decisions, to move from one activity to the next. Overstimulation is kind of a byproduct of that, noticing everything. Mm. We tend to be more overstimulated when we're not taking downtime for ourselves, getting that self-care. A big piece of it, which isn't the central piece, but I think when things aren't going well, we notice that we're more emotional. So HSPs, we feel everything deeply. So not just the negative, but also the positive. So you might notice that you're someone who takes in the little joys, like you see a bird and it just makes your day, right? Or, mm-hmm. you know, some little detail that just really brings you a lot of joy when other people may just pass it by. You know, that might be a sign that you're highly sensitive. and. Mm-hmm. Also, we we're, we have more capability for empathy, so we have more active insulas in our brains, which is the part of our brain responsible for empathy. So we f- we feel for others in a big way, and I like to call it we kind of get spongy, right? We we really notice and take on those feelings that other people are going through, and yeah. tend to be more responsive as a result. Yeah, and then. The last piece is being sensitive to subtleties in your environment. So you you know you might notice. So if you walk into a room, 
you might notice so many more details, textures and colors and um, than someone else might, or you might be the first one to notice if your friend gets a haircut or you go to someone's office and they moved a plant around, you know, just picking up more mm -hmm. um, details of the environment. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I can remember as a kid, and it seems like such a mm -hmm. funny little detail, but each time that our dog, we had lots of different dogs, but each time, mm -hmm. whichever dog it was, got a rabies shot and then got a new little tag on the collar saying yep. they had, like, I could tell the sound was different. Oh, wow. So not even the look, but the sound. Yeah. You zoomed yeah. it in even further. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is- I love that. Yeah. So That's, interesting. Yeah. I always thought that was just such a weird, but I can remember being like, did the dog get a different tag on the collar? And my mom being like, what are you? <laughs> like, how did you know that? <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah. I can just tell the sound. I used to also be able to, this is also weird, talking about sound. Like I mm -hmm. could tell back in the day when you would actually still find like silver half dollars, silver quarters, silver dimes yeah. you know, that were no longer filled with copper or whatever they're filled with now. Mm -hmm. um, I could tell the sound of the change, whether there was a silver coin, oh, wow. in, which is so funny. But anyway, so. No, I love that. It's such a good example, you know, that you're able to perceive that subtle difference, right? Just mm. a little, little different sound. Yeah, yeah, and, which I really hadn't thought about that being part of the highly sensitive. Yeah, it's piece. true. We, you know, part of being sensitive to subtleties is is taking in sensory information more, right? So, like colors, sounds, textures. You know, a, a classic example, and I remember this as a kid. Like, I could not wear socks that had the seams, you know, on like over oh, the toe, yeah. or you know, at, like the front of the toe. I don't. know. It had to be farther up. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't handle it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, and, and I would imagine for parents who really don't understand right. the traits that that could be a very frustrating experience for them, but also for the kids because they're right. trying to say like, this doesn't feel good. And the parents right. are going, you're too much. Just get exactly. over it. Exactly. Right. Like what's the big deal? Like it's, it, because for the parent, if they're not highly sensitive or maybe their sensitivity wasn't, you know, seen, which most likely it wasn't, mm -hmm. they can't quite understand, like, why are you making such a fuss about this? Like, yeah. But when you're highly sensitive, like, that sensation is, is loud. It's not that we, we, inter we have trouble integrating the sensory information. We just notice it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's interesting, yeah, saying the sensory information is loud. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just very present. It's very present, right. Which, just to point out, you know, how this might play out in a different way, you know, especially for women who are struggling to kind of advocate for themselves. I know that's what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. Let's say you are taking in more, like for you, you're like, I know that tag's different. Oh, I know these coins are different. Someone else yeah. might be like, what are you talking about? They look exactly the same. And so we start to doubt ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We start to silence that inner wisdom, that intuition, that it may not make sense to someone else why we know something, but we know we know it. And this yeah. comes in, you know, at play in relationships at work. You know, if you might say something like, I don't know why this idea might work, but I have a sense, right? Mm -hmm. that this is this is how we should go with this this project. Or I have a sense about this person, you know, and you may not know why, but you're you're picking up on so much more mm -hmm. information than the average person. Yeah. But if if that that um, 
if what you're picking up on is not really being received or is being received as like too much or right. you're too emotional or too, I don't know. Weak well, especially, if, yeah. Right, right. Or, and then especially if you're introverted too, maybe too quiet, right? Oh, such a big one. I mean, and 30% of ext- 30% of HSPs can be extroverted, but even then you tend to be a little bit more quiet or reserved. You need more introspection time. So yeah, if you're an HSP and an introvert, you need a, an incredible amount of recharge time, right? Time to go inward and, and process for one, but then also charge your batteries. Yeah. So yeah, you know, we often get labeled like, what's wrong with you? Like when I was a kid, you know, I have a lot of family not quite understand why I couldn't do as much or when I was trying to be like everybody else, I got so overwhelmed. Like I I would get crabby and irritable and I would get anxious or hyper even. And I, I didn't know what was happening, Mm. but I was overstimulated. Yeah. Yeah. And the stimulation, yeah, could be, yeah just whatever sensory thing is too much in that moment. Or even just too much engagement. You know, when you're noticing so much in an environment, like let's say you're interacting with people, you're picking up on all the body language and all the interactions and nuances. After a while, like your system just crashes. So (laughs) like for kids, for instance, if you have a, a highly sensitive child, maybe they're having a lot of tantrums or crying outbursts or, you know, they're getting really anxious because they're overstimulated. So I like to think of myself as that. I like to connect with that inner child and within myself. Yeah. Try to offer her some self-compassion and some, you know, Mm. some breaks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, um, like for you, you know, because you do specialize in seeing, women or mm-hmm. people who are um, highly sensitive, introverted. Mostly women, but yeah. Mostly women. <laughs> so, so when they're coming to see you, like what are the things maybe that bring them to your doorstep? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, a big, a big one is anxiety, of course. You mm-hmm. know, I think anxiety is a big marker that you're kind of living a lifestyle that's not quite in alignment with your temperament. Maybe you're you're working too much or you're working a schedule or an environment that's not quite a good fit mm-hmm. um, that you're not able to set boundaries. That's such a, so common, right? It just oh, we, yeah. especially women, you know, we, we struggle often with standing up for ourselves and saying like, Hey, this is what I need and it's okay. So there's yeah. a lot of guilt that I see too. And I, you know, I, I see guilt and empathy kind of tied together. Hmm. You know, the more empathy, the more guilt. That's what I see in front of me all the time. And I experience that too. Right. We don't want to hurt people. We don't, because if, because of our level of empathy, and yeah. someone else is hurting, we're hurting. Yeah. And we don't want them to hurt more. So then we're exactly. maybe being quiet or not asking for what we need or right. we're anticipating them being hurt. That too. Right. And so we're saying, I don't want to hurt you. So I'm going to say yes, even when I want to say no. So yeah, it's usually I'm seeing a lot of not being able to set limits or set boundaries or not even knowing what's happening. You know, oh, why am I why am I getting angry at this? Or why am I feeling so anxious all the time? Or why am I, you know, and sometimes that's, is that no limits are getting set or other times it's just a mismatch. You know, we need work that's meaningful, that we feel connected to, that we feel purposeful in. We also need relationships where we feel that as as well. So Mm -hmm. I see a lot of times, you know, especially women coming in and they're feeling, they don't understand like, why am I not happy in this relationship? Hmm. Like on the surface, it looks great right? It's what I should want. But then there's not those deeper layers of connection that can also be a point of frustration. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. 
so yeah, a lot of struggles with work, feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressed, feeling anxious, feeling, and then in personal lives, feeling kind of a lack of meaning, boredom, guilt, especially with family, anxiety in general, and then specifically social anxiety. And usually a lot of that is just feeling overstimulated. You know, a lot of times when HSPs are anxious, it's just because we're doing too much. Yeah. And a few lifestyle changes and I've, it's amazing. I've seen some kind of very quick, drastic improvements. Really? Um, yeah, just a little bit more quiet time, a little bit more downtime, you know, um, a little bit more self-reflection time. Like, what do I need? What, what, what's good for me? Mm. And kind of starting to overcome that self-doubt that we often feel. Yeah. Oh, you know, we talked about, you know, questioning yourself. It's a process. Yes, of course, of course. And what, you know, you had said that oftentimes, so women are are having a hard time advocating for themselves. Yes. And so then maybe getting overwhelmed or overstimulated yeah. without really recognizing why. Right. So how do you help women sort of identify that maybe that's what's happening, that they've mm-hmm. either lost or, or don't trust their, their voice or what they need? Yeah. yeah. So I think just really slowing things down and looking at, okay, what's, so let's say you are feeling anxious. Okay, what happened right before that? Mm. Okay, and right, really just zooming in a bit. Like, okay, what were the steps to getting there? Because sometimes it feels like you went from fine to super anxious. Mm-hmm. But often there's a few steps along the way. Like, oh, actually, when you got asked to go out to happy hour after work, after a long day, you said yes when you really wanted to say no. And then going to happy hour, you realize, oh, that threw you over, you know, yeah. To being completely depleted. And then you went home and you had a fight with your partner because you were, you know. So exhausted. Over- and- <laughs> right. Exactly. So there's usually a chain reaction that happens. So, you know, and that can happen a lot of different ways. You know, for some people, um, meditation, journaling, you know, coming to therapy, mm-hmm. um, starting to learn about yourself as a highly sensitive person can be a big help. You know, maybe spending time with a friend who you think is also highly sensitive or a family member hmm. and start to like just create a space where you can just be yourself, where you can kind of go slower. You can say like, hey, this is too much or, oh, let's dive and like really deeply process this thing that happened today. Hmm. So starting to create safe spaces for yourself and then also in community. And then looking at ways that you can start to make baby steps to setting those limits. So I like to start small. Like maybe you just start putting your phone on do not disturb after 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's not a direct hard no where you have to face conflict, but maybe there's a little baby steps that you can start to take. Or you take five minutes in the middle of the day just to, you know, take a walk. Mm. You know, just starting to shift your lifestyle and see like, oh, yeah, when I take a little bit of time for myself, here's how I feel better and track that. Yeah. Because it really is just inserting a little bit more time to download. That's mm. it. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, just recognizing in myself and other, you know, clients that I'm working with that, mm-hmm. that um, really being able to voice what you need when that one right. maybe was shut down or you were mm-hmm. told you were too much or, um, you know, you didn't learn to trust that sort of inner highly sensitive person of, that, you know, yeah. that's there. Um, 
like, like for me, I know when I'm recognizing, you know, I've learned that when I'm not saying what I need, like I get this tension in my chest, like I feel right. very, you know, there is a lot of anxiety associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, are there steps that you or things you work on in therapy with clients that help them begin to sort of say like, okay, mm-hmm. this is what I need right now. You know, I, I would have liked to have said no going out to that happy hour or when I was invited to, you know, volunteer for this thing, there was a part of me that I know wanted to say no, but I didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It can be really helpful to take the times where you did, did not say no and say, okay, you didn't say no there. Let's look at what, you know, happened as a result. And then I like to practice in the session going back and like, having a redo essentially. Mm -hmm. So this is something I do when I do like boundaries workshops, which I love doing. It's really, it's really um, exciting where I say, okay, let's take a time where you did say yes, but you wanted to say no. Mm -hmm. And then let's embody saying no together here. Hmm. And just to start to try on saying no people okay well first it can be very evocative like you'll get the same flood of guilt and resistance and fear Mm -hmm. of what will people think what if they don't like me anymore you know what if they don't want to be my friends you know you know what's the consequence of saying no and then we can work with that Mm -hmm. okay where does that come from Mm. you know what let's reality check that how likely is it that this person won't be your friend anymore and if they aren't going to be your friend because you won't go to happy hour or whatever it is Mm -hmm. um okay, let's look at that. That's important information. Right. Right. And then, okay, let's work with the feelings that come up when you do say no. And then let's, or when you say yes, and then let's look at how to say no. Because it doesn't always even have to be a hard no. I like to say, you can say yes on your own terms. So I like to encourage clients or people that I work, you know, the HSPs I work with, build in a pause. So if someone says, hey, can you do this? Or you want to do, you know, go out with me to say, hey, let me think about it for a couple minutes. Yeah. And then you can take a moment to check in with yourself because, you know, as HSPs, we're wired to pause and reflect before we make decisions. So Mm -hmm. if we override that, it creates, it just innately creates some anxiety in us because we're, we're not listening to our natural rhythm. Mm -hmm. So just creating a pause and which is often easy in today's world, you know, usually you're getting requests via text or email, right? That's super easy. You can just, I always make myself take a minute before I answer emails. I'm like, okay. I know people say like, just touch it once, but I don't think that <laughs> works for an HSP. <laughs> I like to let it sit and I process for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, take a moment, check in. Do I have the energy to do this? Do I actually want to do it? Even if you have the energy, you may not want to, and that's okay too. Yeah. So checking in, like, is it a yes? And if it is a yes, what are the terms? So like, yeah, maybe you go out, but you only go out for an hour. Or maybe you go out, but you can't go out today, but you go out tomorrow. Or you can help someone with this, you know, doing it something and then you say yeah I can help you with that but not till next weekend so it's it's pausing deciding if you have the energy and the interest and then what the terms are I think that can help a lot and you can start to it's it's less scary than saying a hard no Mm -hmm. it can kind of help you ease into okay checking in with yourself and then kind of setting some limits I love, I love, well, I mean, I think I must say this in therapy sessions all the Mm -hmm. time. It's like just the pause for whatever, yeah, whether it's being asked to do something or responding to Mm -hmm. whatever, what, you know, 
just, you know, give yourself a minute to sit with it, to know yeah. how you are feeling mm -hmm. before. Yeah. So you can respond instead of just reacting to, oh, they want me to do this or uh, yeah, whatever it is, or I'm angry at you for even asking me anything. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And you can kind of take a moment to sit with those feelings. And yeah. I often encourage my clients to come up with some phrase, like some check-in question, like, how am I doing today? Or, or do I have the bandwidth for this? Or why am I saying yes to this? You know, some question that helps you that you can kind of pull up really quick mm -hmm. and use it as your guidepost. Mm, I love that. Well, it's so because it, then that becomes the routine. If you have right. this question that you can ask yourself, it's like, oh yeah, I can go back to that. And yep, yeah, yeah. it becomes automatic. And yeah. it could even just be like, give your count to five or something. <laughs> right, if the question doesn't feel right. Some yeah. pause. Yeah. So, um, in your work with women, like what? So I would imagine too, in the boundary workshop, so when they're sitting with what that feeling is of saying no or creating a boundary where there wasn't one, what shifts? What, what, mm. What's the impact? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think even just saying like, oh yeah, it's okay to say no. Sometimes yeah. we don't say no at all. Like, I mean, I, I know I was, I used to be in that place a long time ago where it was always a yes, whatever you need, I'm mm. going to find a way to do it, even at the cost of myself. Mm. And even still, I, even though I'm getting a lot better at boundaries and people say like, oh, you're good at boundaries. I'm like, even still, there's this inner monologue that happens like, but you could say yes, <laughs> you could make that work. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, it still happens. So yeah, I, I, th I think the biggest realization even is just that it's okay to say no. Like the world's not going to end. The relationship won't disintegrate. Like there's room to say no sometimes, mm -hmm. right? To set a limit, to modify how much you're showing up for other people. Because really, I mean, this is so basic, but I remember when I learned it, I was like, oh, that's a thing where you, know, you kind of, it's a relationships are a give and a take. Right. There was this way before I became a therapist, there was this moment in my life where I didn't realize that. I was like, oh, yeah, relationships are two way. Right. Right. You give they need and to you be, receive. Right. They need to be reciprocal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And if you're compromising or doing more of the work, that is not sustainable. Right. You're leading mm. right to burnout and resentment, which will will destroy the relationship anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Destroyed the relationship, destroyed the job, you know. Or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. whatever exactly. it is. Exactly. So actually saying no some of the time is actually preserving the relationship. Yeah. I I, I forget who it was that I talked to. Um, it was here on the podcast, I'm pretty sure. But they said, you know, sometimes saying no to someone else means you're saying yes to yes. yourself. I love that. I know. It's like, true. wow, what a nice, uh, I love that, that that can be, yeah, that you're like taking care of yourself by saying yes. yes. It's such a good reframe. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It really is. And you're taking care of your relationships. That too. Yeah. That too. Yes. It's a win-win to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so if there were... Um, tips or resources that you feel like uh, the listeners might benefit from around HSPs or mm -hmm. um, being an introvert and an HSP, what, 
what would that where would they, what would they be sure so if you're just getting started with the trait, I mean, the classic is reading Dr. Elaine Aaron's book, The Highly Sensitive Person. There's also a workbook if you're doing some deeper self-exploration there. Um, reading Quiet by Susan Cain. These are just kind of some staples. Um, there's a new book by uh, on neurodivergence around women that fall in that category too. And the title's escaping me, but I'll, I'll send it to you if you want to put it in the, in the show notes. That would be great. Um, what else? And I always, I always recommend doing some self-compassion work. And I know you had Sharon uh, Martin on. You know, she has a great workbook for perfectionism because that oh, can be yeah. a big piece that gets in the way mm-hmm. of taking care of ourselves. It's just that people-pleasing perfectionism mindset. And then also the self-compassion work. You know, Kristen Neff has some great um, exercises on her website, which I always recommend to clients. Me too. Starting to learn how to treat yourself a little bit differently, how to prioritize your needs. So yeah, I always say like, I used to say, you know, downtime is what you need as a highly sensitive person, but then realizing like, actually we need to back up. We need to learn about ourselves as highly sensitive people, why we need what we need, and then start to accept it. So we actually give ourselves the downtime and and the ability to set those limits. Yeah. Yeah. And having some compassion for the fact that you need what you need. That's right. Right. That it's okay if you're feeling like you can't do everything that someone else is doing and you know why. And then Mm -hmm. you can treat yourself with care when those limits come up versus kind of guilt tripping yourself or shaming yourself because it's okay. I mean, and you'll start to see when you do take that time, there's a lot of benefits that can come from that. Yeah. A lot more creativity and intuition is available and deep connections are available. It's, it's quality over quantity really. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So April, how do people find you if they wanted to know more about you or if they happen to be in California and want to work with you? Sure. So you can find me and resources for highly sensitive introverts on my website. So even if you're not in California, you'll find a self-care guide for anxiety and overwhelm that's written for HSPs. And that's at expansiveheart.com. Nice. It's nice. Well, I will include that. Um, if you have like a direct link I to do. the guide, yeah. Yeah, send that, send that. that would be great. Um, I will include that in the show notes too. Well, thank you so much for taking time today to come back to the podcast. It, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Same, Biz. Thank you so much. This was a, a very exciting conversation. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, I really enjoyed that conversation with April. She is just a kind, compassionate soul. And um, I appreciate the work that she's doing out there on the West Coast, but also just Um, her knowledge and expertise around highly sensitive people and introverts. It really was a surprise to me. I just always assumed I knew I was an introvert, uh, but really hadn't sat with the possibility of being highly sensitive until relatively recently. Just thinking back on my childhood, on things that were hard for me, you know, recognizing even as an adult how easily overwhelmed and overstimulated I get. Like if I go to a mall and go shopping, it doesn't take long for me to just feel totally overwhelmed by all the sensory stimulation. So uh, yeah, so I took the test and sure enough, I am a highly sensitive person, so it's good to know. It's good to know so I can take care of myself and give myself that downtime. 
but also the pausing and listening to what I need and listening to my intuition when I'm not taking care of myself. It is really hard to speak up and advocate for your own needs when you really haven't had the practice. So I'm hopeful that you take some time and explore your highly sensitive side if you have one, uh, but also uh, know that you're not alone and that work can uh, be really, really invaluable. Have a wonderful week. Ciao for now from this woman warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com. Thank you.